0: Good morning everyone, welcome back to the podcast and this is your Thursday property news live. (laughs) Folks, today's brought to you by estateagenttoday.co.uk and propertyinvestortoday.co.uk. A London landlord, who ignored six enforcement notices served by his local council has been ordered to pay a staggering £300,000. The defendant from South Hall has been made the subject of a confiscation order for £207,000, has been fined £50,000, and made to pay the council's costs of £49,198. Musa Patel was given three months to pay the confiscation order or face three years imprisonment in default. He has six months to pay the fine and the council's costs. Since 2010, He had been renting a number of flats and outbuildings that did not have planning permission. Between 2010 and 2015, Ealing Council served a total of 18 planning enforcement notices on properties owned by Musa Patel in the Southall area for the conversion of dwellings into multiple flats and the use of rear outbuildings as further self-contained residential units. Then, In April 2017, planning enforcement officers and police raided six of these properties and found multiple breaches of enforcement notices. At one, officers found a family of four living in an outbuilding, all sleeping in a single room in a double bunk bed. The children slept in the top bunk where loose electrical wiring had been taped to the ceiling to prevent it hanging over their bed. The room itself was riddled with damp and it was riddled with mould. At another address, they found a total of 18 people living in a converted three bedroom dwelling. The council started prosecution proceedings against Musa Patel, and in October 2017, he pleaded guilty at Ealing Magistrates' Courts to the offences. However, The matter was then referred to Alworth Crown Court for confiscation proceedings under the Proceeds of Crime Act because Musa Patel had continued to receive significant rental income for the unlawful flats and outbuildings even once the enforcement notices had become effective. The enforcement notices of each of the six properties have now been complied with. Several pet charities are supporting an attempt by an MP To reform lettings regulations to permit more pets in private rental accommodation. Earlier this year, the government said its model tenancy contracts would be revised to remove restrictions on pets, making it easier for renters to bring well behaved animals into properties. Let me just pause that there. How do you know if an animal is going to be well behaved? We get loads of people asking for pets, and I can guarantee you the default position is it's only a little dog and it doesn't make any noise or mess. Every person says that. How do you know if it's well behaved? However, agents and landlords are not obliged to use that model agreement. Andrew Rossindale, Conservative MP for Romford, has recently introduced the Dogs and Domestic Animals Accommodation and Protection Bill in the House of Commons, seeking dogs and other animals to be kept in rented accommodation so long as owners can demonstrate their care for them. What makes somewhere a home is something where special moments are created. Living with a family, friends or companions, Rossindel has told MPs. Now, a number of animal welfare and animal rights charities have thrown their weight behind the campaign, which would limit no pets clauses. If the legislation passes, it would be dubbed as Jasmine's Law in memory of a dog known to the MP. I'll just take a breath there. <laughs> I'm not ranting today. The animal charities support letters are carried on Rossendale's website and include the RSPCA saying responsible dog ownership can bring huge benefits to animal and owner alike and we encourage all landlords to consider how they can work with their tenants to be dog friendly dog ownership can enhance the owner's mental and physical health and encourage exercise plus dogs make great companions okay folks look what about HMOs so we've got I think the biggest one we've got is an 18 bed can you imagine if we had 18 dogs? Now, if you allow for dogs, then surely you have to allow for cats. If you allow for cats, you have to allow for rabbits. If you allow for rabbits, you have to allow for guinea pigs. If you allow for guinea pigs, you have to allow for these lizards and snakes. I mean, oh, come on, when does it end? Now, I'm all for dogs. I love dogs. We've got three but sometimes a property is just not sufficient. How can you have a dog in a top floor flat? How can you have 18 dogs in one property? Doesn't make any sense to me. I'd love your thoughts, folks. Hit me up on rick.gannon at yahoo.co.uk. Next on today's uh, newscast, I'm having a rant today. Next on today's newscast, a local authority is launching a six month probe into rooms let out, but exempt from rental sector regulation. The project is in Birmingham where the council has received a million pounds from the Ministry of Housing, communities and local government for extra inspectors and social workers to visit problem properties. The council says the probe will look at an estimated 18,000 people living in exempt accommodation and that's tenants including the homeless or those with additional needs people with mental health issues, addicts, and prison leavers. Exempt accommodation is funded by tenants through their housing benefit, which is topped up to include care and support elements. The council says, landlords who let rooms under exempt status often charge two or even three times the market level in exchange for providing extra care and support a council spokeswoman says that supported accommodation is essential for thousands of people who rely on it to live as independently as possible but it is essential that providers honor their commitment to deliver the right level of support and she goes on to say that i'm really pleased that we've received this funding which will not only help us to champion landlords who are providing a quality service but to have the resource available to able to effectively monitor those landlords who are not. The pilot in Birmingham will provide important learning to inform the scale of supported housing required and to help shape the provision in terms of quality and standards. Savills says the shape and size of the housing market in the coming months will be determined by the capacity of conveyances and lenders to respond to current demand. Lucian Cook, the agency's head of residential research, says figures on sales and prices demonstrate the widely acknowledged increase in activity in the housing market. And he says that this is down to the fact that economic uncertainty has been trumped by the desire of people to move to more suitable COVID friendly properties and take advantage of the stamp duty holiday, which will run until the end of March. The number of deals that have been agreed in recent um, times suggests that these figures will rise in coming months, by how much really depends on the capacity of solicitors and the mortgage providers to process the pipeline of agreed sales. That will limit the number of sales able to be completed by Christmas and unless something changes, the stamp duty deadline at the end of March will come to a close, says Cook. His comments come after news from the Office for National Statistics and the Land Registry that house price increased by 2.5% to 239,196 on average in the year of August. Month on month, prices rose by 0.7%, the official house price index shows. The strongest annual price growth was in England where prices climbed by 2.8% to 256,109 pounds followed by Wales where there was a 2.7% rise to 172,800 and 28 pounds in scotland prices gently edged up towards 0.6 percent to 155,191 pounds it's all happening in the property market folks i hope that was useful for you today if you like my little snippets of news i would love it if you could go over to the itunes or the spotify review button and leave me a review that would be awesome and until next time i'll see you soon and don't forget to have some fun take care А